Welcome to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to Dollars and Cents with your host, Nicole Romito. Nicole, what is going on? Oh, so much, Eric, Um, but all good stuff. Um, Life's treating me well, staying busy, and for the most part, staying out of trouble. How about you? That's no fun. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm I'm glad you're staying out of trouble because that means we get to get back together for another podcast. I know you have a guest on the show today. Um, I'm excited because you keep bringing on these folks that are a whole lot smarter than me, and so I get to learn a lot of stuff. Well, that is our main uh, point for doing the podcast, so I'm glad we are uh, checking the box on that one with you. I'm very excited. Um, I think as you, I know as you know and our listeners know, uh, we're coming here from Private Vista, which is a wealth management and financial planning firm, and today we're going to broaden that um, with our guest, Dr. Allison Rogers, who is going to discuss family planning with us today, so Mm -hmm. I'm very very excited um, to be addressing this topic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for taking time from your busy schedule to uh, to share your knowledge uh, with both us and our listeners. Um, so before we get into the topic, I'd like to give a brief background on our guest today. So as I mentioned, we have Dr. Allison K. Rogers. She is a board She's board certified in both obstetrics and gynecology and reproductive endocrinology and infertility. Dr. Rogers' personal experiences with both secondary infertility and pregnancy loss have given her a unique insight into reproductive medicine. Dr. Rogers is a managing partner at Fertility Centers of Illinois, and she has verified social media accounts with 1.2 million, yes, that's million listeners, Um, she has 1.2 million followers where she focuses on getting accurate medical information to her followers so they can be empowered to make the best medical decisions for themselves. You can follow Dr. Rogers on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And in short order, she's going to be releasing her book, which we will talk a little bit about, but it's titled, We Need to Talk About Vaginas. So certainly we're going to dive into that today as well. So again, welcome, Dr. Rogers. Thank you so much. Before we get into, there's so much to uh, discuss with this topic. Um, Just like I always say, financial planning is a very broad and um, generic label. I think family planning would fall under that same same umbrella. Um, Would you mind sharing just a little bit about what you enjoy doing um, when you're not working to help other people with their family planning? Absolutely. So I am a mom of three. Uh, My husband is a attorney. And when I am not working, uh, I ride, I have horseback riding as my biggest hobby and true love of what I love to do. I ride almost every day. And right now we have three horses uh, that I ride and my two daughters also ride. We do competitive hunter jumper riding. So we like jump over fences and do some of that stuff. Wow, that sounds uh, that sounds actually very uh, 
engaging both mentally and physically, I would think. Yes. Well, thank you for saying that because a lot of people think that when you horseback ride, you're literally just sitting there and the horse is doing all of it. No. Um, but it, you got to tell the horse what to do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I know I do not have that much of a, I have a limited horseback riding experience. I enjoy it, but I think I'm more kind of the horses leading me. So <laughs> I'm sure you could share a couple tips with me about that as well. <laughs> so great. So um, thanks for sharing that. Why don't we... Um, you know, and you, you share, well, I mentioned in your um, brief bio that you've had, not only do you do this professionally, but you've had some personal experience with going through this process. So I know our listeners always um, really like to learn from my guests on what they've gone through personally. So I thought if that's okay, Dr. Rogers, we would start with that to kind of set, set the tone for our talk today. And then I know we have lots of other things um, that we want to get into on kind of when people are planning and timelines and when someone would come in to see a doctor um, that specializes in this area. Absolutely. So my husband and I had our first daughter when I was a resident and didn't have any trouble conceiving. And then when I was ready for my second one, when I was a fertility fellow in the end, sort of end stage of my training, okay. uh, we struggled and needed to get help from fertility care and all the way from sort of minimal treatment all the way up through IVF, ended up having several miscarriages and mm. ended up being successful, which is you know, just, it was the best. Um, right. and having my daughter, uh, and then, and then didn't need as much help, but needed a little bit of help to have my son. Uh, that's interesting. And I, that's why I thought that was a good kind of, um, place to start because, you know, you've kind of experienced, I would say all the different, um, uh, levels of needing help. So that's, that's interesting to me because, Again, you're definitely the expert in this area. It would seem more linear, and maybe my numbers background is coming out here. That right? If if one went pretty easy, no help needed, then the second one you needed some help. You you would almost think, oh gosh, the third one you need any more help. So, is it um, right to think that everyone's journey will be unique? Yeah, I think that is certainly the case, and we see that um, most of the time. You know, when we go through life, our our eggs start to decline in quality and quantity. And so it's actually usually a little bit more linear, like you said, in terms of people typically might need either the exact same help they needed the first time or maybe even more help, but not necessarily less. So I think in general, it's it's related to the egg quality and quantity. Okay, interesting. Um, that being said, then, is there um, like a recommended age um, of when if, if uh, someone's planning to want to start a family or expand their family that they would want to come in to see a fertility doctor? Or kind of what are the steps of, you know, when is it sometimes too early? Do people wait too long? Is there maybe any recommended ranges of how to best manage that? Yeah, that's a great question. So typically, if you are trying to conceive and you are under 35 years old, then if you've been trying for a year, that's the time to see a fertility doctor. Um, there's certainly some things that would 
indicate you should see somebody sooner. So male sexual dysfunction, irregular periods, or really abnormal periods, like really, really heavy periods or super painful, something like that, or mm. the inability to have sex. Actually, there's a remarkable number of people who can't have sex for a variety of reasons, either due to male issues or female issues or both. Um, so, and then if you're 35 and older, the recommendation is to start seeing somebody when, when you've been trying for six months without success. And I, I would say that it's, most women or people in general just don't know that most people lose their eggs that can make a healthy baby somewhere around 42, 43, 44. And so the sooner that we can have children, the better, right? So if we didn't have to worry about you know, uh, financial planning and, and being financially <laughs> stable to have our families and we didn't have to worry about education right. or anything like that, then or certainly the most ideal time to have kids is in your 20s. But as we, you know, as we go through life, we lose those eggs, quantity and quality. And right around 35, things start to get a little faster in terms of how the, you know, how we're losing eggs. And around 38, it takes a pretty you know, sharp dive south in terms of losing eggs. Um, and and most people lose all the rest of their healthy eggs somewhere around that 42 through 44. But we do have a lot of fertility options, right? For people who are maybe older than that, who might not okay. have healthy eggs that still want a family, right? There's lots of pathways to building a family, just like there's probably lots of pathways to building wealth, right? Yes. So, um, yes. you know, a lot of times we need to, if there's not healthy eggs, there's other options like donor eggs or donor embryos or certainly things like traditional adoption, that kind of thing, right? Those are all options, but it's really important to not wait around too long if you're trying and not being successful. Yes, it definitely, uh, I would say it's almost the opposite. We say when we're talking to our clients about, you know, building wealth and investing, time is your friend. So it sounds like this would be, um, time is not your friend based on the points you just shared. That's right. Right? <laughs> so when you're, if, you know, you said like based on the ages and you've, you know, been trying for either the six months, if you're 35 or better, or if you're under 35, you've been trying for a year, would you go to, would people want to check with like their primary care doctor or their um, OB-GYN doctor first? Or would you just want to jump in and find a fertility doctor, someone like you who specializes in the area? I think that really depends on your relationship with your OBGYN. So okay. some OBGYNs do a lot of fertility and and truthfully, like in a lot of parts of the country, there aren't fertility doctors. So okay. the OBGYNs are the people doing this. Yeah, that's but a great point. OBGYNs just don't have quite as many tools in their toolbox. Most OBGYNs, not all, but most do not use like injectable medication. They don't do IVF. They don't do inseminations, that kind of thing. And so I think that certainly an OBGYN would be a good place to start in terms of doing some basic testing. But I also think that you know, it, it, if there is a fertility specialist in, you know, especially if they're in your network with your insurance or, you know, have been recommended by either your OBGYN or your friends, that might be somebody to look into. The other thing is to just ask your OBGYN. I don't think a primary care is probably the right person, but an OBGYN, some of them will say, oh, you're trying to get pregnant. Go see my friend, Dr. Rogers. Other ones will say, right. oh yes, come on. We'll try some cycles of medication. If it doesn't work, then I'll send you over. So I think every OBGYN has a different level of comfort with evaluation and, and treatment. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, like you said, to at least start there and then either if they do have some tools in their toolbox, they can start there or it would make total sense that they would have someone in their network to be able to refer you to if that's um, not their, their wheelhouse. I guess maybe we take a little step back is what else would you like to share with people that they should know about their own fertility? I know you gave the kind of the age ranges and, and time frame. So we had 35 kind of as the, uh, the line in the sand there, but is there anything else you wanted to educate our listeners on, on that topic? Well, I would say there's not really a line in the sand, but more of like a gradual decline over time. Right. So, sure. you know, I think that that's sort of where, where, you know, it's important to see where your fertility potential lies. So for example, like, you know, a lot of um, centers, fertility centers. So for our fertility center, for example, we have a program called a fertility awareness check where you can, you know, um, come in and get your fertility checked. So if you are somebody with sperm, you can do a semen analysis. If you are somebody with eggs, you can have some blood work and an ultrasound to sort of see where your egg count lies and sort of egg count in terms of hormones, ultrasound, as well as your age can be put together to sort of look at what we call ovarian reserve. And Mm -hmm. it's never too early, you know, to look into that. The other thing is there's a lot of people who are not ready to have families. Either they're single and they just haven't met the partner that they want to have a family with, or they're they're married and they're working on their careers and other things and aren't don't feel like they're ready for a family. The problem is, is that your your ovaries are tick tick ticking. So right. Yes. You yeah you mentally or financially may not be ready, but yeah, time is ticking on with you physically. Correct. Right. And it really doesn't matter how healthy you are, how much you work out, how pretty you are. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Your ovaries are on a clock. So that's where a lot of times we'll do fertility preservation. And this doesn't have to just, you know, we do it a lot for single, single people, but we, we also will do it for couples and we can actually freeze eggs or embryos now because your fertility is not getting any better than it is now. Right. And so if you are, for example, let's just say 32 years old and you you know, are not ready to have your family, freezing eggs and or embryos now is going to give you a much better chance of success and reduces risks. You know, we think about things like Down syndrome, miscarriages increasing with age, and that will decrease, you know, that will decrease to be able to freeze your eggs at 32 compared to maybe five years later at 37 or 38. And then I have a question. Um, I, you know, I've I've never explored this personally, so I feel like I'm probably uh, coming in at the uh, kindergarten level on this. So I appreciate you uh, humoring well, and my question. Probably questions. a lot of listeners. Yeah. <laughs> this is a problem. Like, why don't people know about this? This is why I'm on social media, right? right? Like, Which people don't understand a lot about their bodies. Y- and, yes, and so true. you know, I see so many women who come in and are like, "Well, I'm ready to start my family," and maybe they're 45. And it's not that it's too late, but it's too late to use their eggs if they haven't already frozen them, right? Right. And so this is why, you know, I always joke, I'm like, just like your financial planner will help you figure out sort of how to plan your life and make sure you're set for next year as well as retirement, right? That's what you guys are specialized in. I feel like I help people with sort of the family planning side of it. And, you know, not only when couples come to me and say, we want a, you know, we want a a baby. Well, the question is how many, right? Like if you're coming to me at 30, you're coming to me at 36 and you want three or four kids, you know, let's just say we get you pregnant 
with something very minimal, that's cool. That's fine. But then in two years from now, we're starting from scratch. Right. And then your eggs are 38. And then when you're ready for baby number three, your eggs are 40, right? Like, so, and that's if you kind of come back pretty quickly. Right. So I think that it's really important that to have that conversation with, with, with your partner, yourself, like how many kids do we want? And do we want to do any fertility preservation to sort of have this insurance policy for the future? right? We know how important insurance is. Well, this is an insurance policy for your reproductive future, which is, is really just fantastic. Yes, I, I agree. So if, if the, the, let, I'll just use myself as an example. Uh, so if I came to you, you know, and we, we froze my eggs, um, you know, I got to at an age where I still had viable and healthy eggs. Um, but like you said, maybe I'm not ready to have a family um, because I'm working on my career. I have other things going on. Is there any, um, obviously, so you've got my eggs at you know, an optimal time, but I'm still getting older um, and hormones change and things like that. So is, is does that come into a consideration then too? So that's a great question. We recommend that you use your eggs and or embryos by 50. We can mm. go up to 55 if needed. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. But remember the uterus. <laughs> Who has the energy at that point? But <laughs> well, there are, I mean, I, I, literally had a patient last week discharged pregnant at 40 at 51. Right. Wow. So, you know, I think that everyone's different and everyone Agreed. has a different trajectory. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, um, it's really important to sort of understand the uterus certainly can have develop fibroids or mm -hmm. something, you know, that may make it difficult to conceive, but in general, the uterus, you know, in, in generally healthy people, the uterus is, is, is really healthy and can carry a pregnancy even, even later than that. We don't usually like ethically recommend doing that, but I mean, you hear these, you know, reports of people sure. across the world who are having babies in their seventies. This is how they're doing it. Um, but I, it's really important to know, right? Certainly, you know, if you're older, you will have increased risk of things, pregnancy complications, so things okay. like gestational hypertension, gestational diabetes, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But sure. in general, for most people who are otherwise healthy, you can carry a successful pregnancy, you know, well into your late 40s. And if you're, um, is it correct to assume that you haven't, you're not going through menopause then for this all to be happening? I will tell you, you know, you can even go through menopause. It actually doesn't really matter. So because oh, that's we, interesting. Yes. I, I would not have um, expected that right? to be the answer. And I certainly have patients who have premature menopause who go through menopause way earlier, right? Right. Like, right. like there's some certainly genetic and other disorders where people go through menopause, like for example, in their 20s. Yes. Yeah. I, right? I have a friend who ha that happened to and it is horrible because right? she had wanted to have a family. So people like that actually can have a family. So they use an egg donor and okay. then, you know, either partner sperm or donor sperm, right? And then we give them all the hormones their body needs to get the pregnancy huh. started. And then it's so amazing because the placenta takes over the production of all of those hormones. So we oh. get things started and by about 12 weeks gestation, they don't have any, on any hormones anymore. The placenta takes over. It's actually fantastic. God, the body truly is an amazing uh, machine, isn't it? Absolutely. And the technology we have to help people is equally amazing. Oh, it's it's mind-boggling what all the developments that have occurred in medicine that way. Truly, truly astounding. You had mentioned, I want to circle back, I made a note. Um, so are there any hereditary factors or conditions that would impact when you're advising your patients? 
Well, certainly. There are certainly some um, genetic disorders that cause you to lose your eggs quicker. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of times people don't figure that out until they sh- are having trouble getting pregnant and they show up and they're young and have no eggs, right? But, you know, I think that there are certainly... Um, you know, that's rare, right? Not typical. So um, I take care of a lot of genetic disorders in general, right? So the other really amazing technology is the fertility, not infertility side of what I do. And that is, you know, if you um, potentially had, um, you know, you're affected with a either like a, a disorder yourself that's autosomal dominant, think like breast cancer gene, like BRCA gene, mm-hmm. or yeah. um, if you are and your partner are carriers for recessive disease, that like mm. things like cystic fibrosis, maybe okay. that was picked up on screening, or maybe you had an affected child with a disorder that nobody, you know, a rare genetic recessive disorder that you both are carriers for, you didn't know, right? These are things that we can actually screen embryos for these mutations to make sure the baby's healthy. And it is life changing for some of these couples who have had just some devastating losses and have potentially, you know, um, you know, disabled children that they're dealing, you know, that they have right. to sort of take care of and and all of the, you know, everything that goes with that to allow them to have a healthy baby and not focus on on an, another sick child is is just really life changing. Oh, I, absolutely. I, I can't. Uh... That I could imagine just, I mean, the joy that you're bringing these these couples. That's amazing. Hey, pardon the interruption. I know you are listening to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito, and we're happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to myprivatevista.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us. We'd love to hear from you. I'm I'm just look, thinking through here. What else? Um, I know I want we want to talk a little bit on the financial side of things, but before we maybe, unless you want to pivot there now, anything else that you want to share? If people are, you know, thinking about going down this path, or well, I definitely would just recommend that anybody who is thinking about starting a family you know, to consider getting a fertility awareness check. And that's something if you're in the Chicagoland area that I certainly, my practice can do for you if you go to fcionline.com. But, you know, it's, it's something that you should get checked out to see where your fertility potential lies. And you can decide whether you need to consider fertility preservation or you can just wait a little bit longer. And I think that's where some of that testing can really guide some of your reproductive choices. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, great tip. Um, I think like so many things in life, right? The more, the sooner you start thinking about it, and then talking with the specialists in whichever area, um, you can get together a plan that's going to work um, for your individual situation. Why don't we talk a little bit about the finances? Um, uh, again, this is one where I have have a little bit of knowledge, but I'm just going to tee some questions up to you is, you know, is this covered by insurance? You know, what would you, maybe what are some of the things your patients ask you or things that you share with them to be better, to be best prepared for uh, navigating the financial part of this journey? Yes, such a great question. So a lot of insurances in Illinois do cover uh, fertility and infertility care. And that is because um, it, there is a state mandate that 
that employers that are headquartered in Illinois that are not self-insured, that have more than 25 employees that are not religiously affiliated have to cover fertility. So there are some loopholes there and a lot of big employers are self-insured, right? So not everybody and a lot of people work for companies that might be headquartered out of Illinois, but a lot of patients more and more and more have coverage for fertility. And there's a huge range from sort of Um, a dollar amount that they can give you or number of treatment cycles. Mm, Um, The other thing is, and, you know, are most of your listeners in Illinois? I would say, yes, I would say the bulk of them are Illinois, but, you know, there could be some that are out. So I appreciate you distinguishing, you know, what applies here in Illinois might not be uh, applicable outside of here, right? Well, one of the interesting things is that if you're eligible, you can always sign up for the um, state plan uh, through the federal healthcare exchange, obviously only during open enrollment. But those state of Illinois, like Blue Cross Blue Shield PPO policies, cover you know pretty much unlimited testing. Um, they cover unlimited inseminations and four IVF retrievals per calendar year. It's fantastic. Oh insurance. wow, that's yes, very rich coverage. Yes. And a lot of employers are using third parties to really help manage these benefits the best they can and offer their employees really fantastic benefits. So this is where it's really up to you to contact your either HR or your insurance carrier and figure out sort of what your benefits are. So certainly at my office, we we help with that and we do a verification of benefits to sort of see where those benefits are. Okay. Um, but it's always good to check with your insurance because not every practice takes every insurance, right? So yes, that's something to that's sort of true. think through and look at. But for patients who don't have coverage, it's really important to understand what those costs are up front. And when the physician is planning your treatment, uh, you know, a lot of times like me as the physician, I don't always have um, like I'm not the money person, right? So I have a financial coordinator who helps my patients <laughs> with that. But your sure. practice should be able to give you a very transparent idea of what your out-of-pocket cost should be. And there's like the cost to the doctor, and then there's also pharmacy costs. And so sometimes okay. one is covered by insurance, one isn't, right? Stuff like that. So that's important to sort of figure out. And and it's important to know that you can certainly you know, use HSA or FSA money either through your employer or if you have that outside your employer to to save. So, I mean, I personally have an HSA account that is not set up through my employer that I use to pay for medical expenses. And you can certainly put in the maximum amount, right? And then, right. And then pay for some of the out-of-pocket expenses through there. That's what I was thinking, too, is if, again, if you're planning this, you could do the HSA for maybe a couple years before, um, you know, you're actually going to embark on this journey and you could have, um, you know, you you could have up to like $15,000 in there that could come out income tax free. So that could be a nice way to to supplement any uncovered or out-of-pocket expenses. That's true. But, you know, it's amazing how much is covered with most of my patients in Illinois. So obviously- Yeah, that's fantastic. Not everybody- but I have to say I, I'm surprised by that, but that's a pleasant surprise. So. Yes, right. And the other thing is there's organizations that I work with that offer grants. So um, hmm. the Chicago Coalition for Family Building is an organization that was put together by a group of fertility 
physicians within Illinois. And we, I, I sit on, you know, on one of, you know, I help them with some of their reviewing of applications and stuff like that. And they give, they get grants from different charitable organizations for fertility and they administer grants of sometimes financial like money and then sometimes um, other, you know, services. So like, you know, a, you know, from legal or, um, you know, a free IVF cycle or something like that. So there are some really wonderful organizations such as one local one. Certainly there are some other ones. Um, the Cade Foundation is another, but there are some great nonprofit organizations. Now, I'm sure there are a lot of people coming looking for grants. And I also would say that a lot of people, you know, they do request tax information. So they want to make sure that these grants are going to people who really need it. Okay. And so not everybody's going to be eligible for that. How would, um, I know you mentioned a few by name, if someone wanted to um, research that further, are there like keywords or or like a maybe an umbrella site or something that you would maybe direct people to if they're starting to look for that? You know, I'm not sure of any umbrella sites, but I certainly think that, you know, um, you know, if you're local to the Chicago area, the Chicago Coalition for Family Building is a good site with good resources on it. Also, you know, our website at, for my company, Fertility Centers of Illinois, which is fcionline.com, they have some good resources for some links that you can follow to different um, organizations that help with that. So, Oh, great. Thank you. All right. Well, um, as I mentioned in the introduction, you um, have a book that's going to be coming out in short order. Uh, would you like to, I'd love to, you know, talk a little bit so our listeners understand, like, what was your purpose for the book or, you know, what kind of what caused you? I mean, you're you're a very busy person. Uh, <laughs> You're obviously very successful professionally. Uh, you mentioned you have three kids. You're competitively riding horses. I I'm picturing you almost like my cell phone where you plug in for 20 minutes to recharge. <laughs> so I don't know how and when uh, you had the time to write a book. Um, but maybe if you wanted to share a little bit about like what what called you to do it and uh, what is it? Do you want to tell us a little bit about what, what it's about? Yeah. So for anyone who wants to follow me on social media on Instagram or TikTok, it's at dr. So dr.allison.rogers. Um, and I started out doing a lot of, um, you know, social media to connect with patients, engage, you know, prospective patients and to really educate. There's so much mis medical misinformation. We all know this, especially going through a pandemic. There's yes. so much medical <laughs> misinformation out there. There are, so, there's so much, um, sort of, um, fear mongering, I think with, with people out there giving sort of a lot of people misinformation. So I wanted to be a voice to, of, of medical reason, you know, somebody who had the scientific background, who looks at studies in a sort of very um, scientific way to really try to get people to understand about their bodies, how they work, so that, that they could make decisions about their health. And somewhere in the beginning of end of, I guess the very beginning of 2020 before the pandemic, my daughter and I, my daughter who was like 13 at the time, she's now 16, mm -hmm. um, started, I realized that her friends would come over to our house and they would, um, 
And they would ask me all kinds of medical questions. I think partly, yes, right about puberty and periods and all those things. And I think partly because they felt like I was a doctor and a trusted, you know, person to ask these questions to. And I also feel, feel like they thought it was a safe place that they could, you know, not be embarrassed by asking questions. And we have started answering questions on social media, mainly TikTok, but now Instagram as well. And there was a huge response, which is why I have like 1.2 million followers on TikTok, which is yeah, amazing. Which is amazing. Yes, and congrats. Thank you. And I do a lot of fertility education, certainly just fertility stuff. That's obviously what I do for my day job. Sure. But, um, you know, I also do a lot of health education for young people and teaching them about, you know, puberty periods, how to stay safe, um, how to prevent unwanted pregnancy, how to, you know, what yeah. is this symptom mean in your body, those kind of things. And um, so I've been doing that for several years now. And I, a, a big publishing house reached out to me and asked if I would consider writing this book for them. And I thought, yes, I've always wanted to write a book. Um, why not now? And so um, I put together this fantastic book. Um, it's called We Need to Talk About Vaginas. And It is written for young people who have a vagina or usually around, I would say, 10 to 14. And that's sort of a great great range. Lots of things going on in the body. Yep. And it really is a book that, you know, a lot of parents. So, you know, I'm not this person because I talk about vaginas and sex all day long with everybody. Right. Um, I'm so, you know, I can talk about it all the time. But a lot of parents really do not feel comfortable talking to their kids about puberty and sex and protecting themselves and looking at, you know, um, social situations where they may have uh, social and peer pressure to do something, you know, make decisions and their parents aren't sitting there with them. Right. And it's really important that we have these conversations with our kids before they encounter these situations. Right. And so this book is really written for the young people of today, not 10 years ago or you know, 30 years ago yeah. when I was, <laughs> when, when, when you I was and I were kids. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, and it is really written in a very inclusive way. So it is. Love it. For, Love that. Yeah. So people of all body sizes, people oh, of all skin tones. Brilliant. In fact, the, the page that I'm one of the pages in the book that I'm most proud of is a page and there's a wonderful illustrator who helped me with this project. Um, but the a pages of a, of a woman who's in the different gestational uh, ages of pregnancy and, and how to, how babies get delivered. And, and the woman is, is got dark skin and the baby, the fetus has dark skin and uh, there is not a book out there. I love that. That is inclusive in that way. There is not a single book out there that shows that is like this, that has a, a African-American, you know, or dark skinned uh, mom sure. and baby. So, um, you know, we think about these books and everybody is sort of white and thin, right? So, yep. Um, yep. so there are, you know, pictures of people with hijabs. There's people, person with in a wheelchair, um, people of different sizes and shapes. So, and, and also like sexual orientations, right? So, yeah. and, and Very, you know, gender it. identities. Yep. Very accessible yep. for so anybody. I wanted anybody with a vagina who wanted to learn about their body to feel like they were warm and welcomed into this book to learn about themselves and not feel like this book wasn't talking to them. And so that is what I'm really most proud of is proud of is just that it is a very inclusive, diverse book. Um, that is in a like not shameful way, right? Like we're not trying to shame anybody, right? We're trying to sort of 
hey, let's talk about sexting. Let's talk about, yeah, it's, you know, all things that are happening. So, yes. and it's not, you know, the one off thing anymore. So, to, to kind of, you know, N normalize it so it's happening how do we talk about it um and it's i hope that it is a conversation starter right um because i think that there's a lot of people who just don't feel comfortable having these conversations and here's the thing kids are going to learn this information and if they're not learning it from you they're learning it from the internet or right. so social media right right and so or their friends yeah, I, that's what I was going to say, or probably even were, well, I don't know, between friends and the internet, right? It's, which yeah. is worse. And and we know that sex education in the United States is not amazing, right? It's right. not super inclusive, right. diverse. Uh, it's not giving kids all the things that they need. So. Well, I was going to say, I, yeah, certainly, uh, again, I'm harking back to when I was thinking about it, it was certainly not very comprehensive or, Correct. I mean, even the teachers back then were embarrassed about it and trying to rush through it, right? Yep. So, so this is a book that is meant to be, you know, for young people who are going through puberty, uh, who are, are about to go through puberty, who are interested in learning about their bodies. Um, and, you know, I, I'm very excited about it. It turned out fantastic. And uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to read it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited. I love it. I love it. Well, maybe we'll, because uh, I would say one thing you and I have in common is we both work in areas where the subject is taboo, right? So maybe we'll have to pair up on a book and talk about the taboo subjects of uh, of uh, sex education and financial education, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> things, you know, titled things children need to know more about. Exactly. Exactly. So... That would be phenomenal. Well, I, you know, we could, I could certainly keep talking to you. This has been, I think, just as educational as it, for me, as it will be for our listeners. Um, but in, uh, in closing, one of the things I like to ask all my guests are, uh, if, where would you most like to live and why? And, you know, there's no constraints on, time, money, you know, the reason or anything like that. No wrong answer. But uh, I just love to kind of hear its little insight into to what's important to you or what you're kind of gunning for. That's a great question. So I have sort of two answers. Well, one and most foremost, I love where I live. I love living in Chicago and my family is close. And that's, of course, the number one thing for me. Sure. Um, however, if I could move my family with me and my work, um, then I was thinking of a place that had both ocean and mountains because I love the ocean and I oh. love the mountains. Yeah. Without, yes. Maybe without earthquakes. Yes. Okay. But, and horses, I'm assuming, right? So, yeah, but I mean, there can be horses everywhere. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, that sounds great. And I think you probably have uh, five or six places popped up in my mind of where you could accomplish both those. So sounds right? wonderful. Well, I, I do want to thank you again, Dr. Rogers, for sharing your time, being so open, um, sharing, you know, your personal experience, and then also some resources for our listeners. So thank you again. Very much appreciate it. I know you've, you've said, you know, you said it in kind of during the podcast, but just again, um, if people want to either follow you on social media or reach out to you, what is the best way for them to do so? Absolutely. So on social media, I'm at dr.allison.rod. 
G-E-R-S. Uh, and uh, you can also check out my practice's website, which is uh, www.fcionline.com. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. This has been fantastic. Dr. Rogers, I, I love the content. I got a question for you. Yeah. I have not seen the book. I saw the cover, uh, but obviously I haven't been able to explore the book. Um, more and more, I mean, we've got single parents out there and some of them are single fathers raising yeah. daughters. Um, how well is this book suited to them as well so they can have this conversation or is this something that 100%. they... 100%. I, I figured. Yes, you know, I, absolutely. Yeah. This is a great book. Um, you know, I have a lot of patients who are single fathers or same-sex fathers, right? Um, mm -hmm. You do not need to have a vagina to teach, to, to show your kids and teach your kids about puberty and periods and what to expect. You know, just because you haven't experienced it yourself doesn't mean you can't have conversations about, about all the things, right? I think the biggest thing is teaching our kids about risks um, before that they're exposed to them. So they know about what choices to make. We think about things, right? Like drugs, sex, all the things that can get kids in trouble and have unwanted outcomes that, you know, we want to keep them protected from. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I really wish that I had access to this book a long time ago. My daughter's 23 at this point, but when she was nine, she was a little early bloomer and we were in the yeah. car and all of a sudden she's in the back seat. She's dad. And I'm like, what? And she goes, I just don't want him. I'm like, what are you talking about? And it was just her and I, she goes, boobs. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was caught off guard. Uh, but yeah. I was so in that moment, I was a little caught off guard, but I was so happy that she was felt free to talk to me about her body and, and what was going on. And so we had a conversation and of course her mom and I and her had a conversation. Um, and I kind of made the handoff right to mom because she knows more than I do. And I, I can tell you that, but I, I'm, I'm excited that this is going to be such a phenomenal resource for any father, whether they're a single father or, you know, raising them as a couple. So, so that's great. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Um, I think that they're, you know, it's so important to have these inclusive resources for all different kinds of families. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Nicole, Thank you for facilitating. Um, if, if folks want to, you know, talk to you about all the decisions that they need to make, whether it's part of this conversation or just all financial, um, how do they get a hold of you guys? Yeah, thanks. Uh, they can reach us um, at info at myprivatevista.com. Uh, or they can call us at 312-831-4370. And Lorena or Sue, who answers the phone, will be able to get you in touch with one of our fabulous advisors. Fantastic. Again, thank you both so much for everything you did today and the podcast. And our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Dollars and Cents podcast with Nicole Romito. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Nicole comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Private Vista, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312-831-4370. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 
This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions, or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.